Hi, nerds. I'm Michael Moore, hosting this podcast for Dissecting Popularity Nerds. I'm here with Chris Haller, Director of IT at Diamond Sea Trailers. Hi, Chris. How's it going today? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Is this your first time doing a podcast? Yes, this is pretty much my first time. So I'll make sure I try to talk a lot and uh, just not a whole lot of dead air on your side. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I'm going to um, start off with our icebreaker segment. It's called Random Access Memories. I ask a question. You respond with whatever comes to your head first. It's a fun segment, so just, ha just have fun with it. Uh, what's your favorite website? My favorite website? I Right now, I think I'm doing a lot of shopping on Amazon, so you know, plug to them. But uh, <laughs> with everything going on in this day and age of, tech, of you know tech backorders and stuff, I always seem to bounce back that way right now. It is, so it is they're my number one. Everything is. I don't understand. Every time I turn around, I owe Amazon money. I don't understand what's going on with that. <laughs> when you uh, when you think of the pioneers of IT, uh, who comes to your mind? Oh, that, that's good because I just finished reading the book Build not too long ago. So uh, Tony Fidel is just always sitting in the back of my head right now just for the fact that I read that. But I mean, just hearing the stories of how he 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 kind of came up with the iPhone and then um, Nest Thermostat. I mean, to me, this trend setting, but um, Steve Jobs, just Apple in general. I'm a, I'm a huge Mac, Mac guy. So yeah, you saw you saw that they're paring down the iPhone production, right? Oh, I, I know. Yeah, it, I did. <laughs> if, if anyone could see the sad little face he just made uh, when, when I gave him that news. Um, <laughs> if, uh, if you had one IT superpower, what would it be? Oh, you know, I think it'd almost be like, I'd like to read people's minds sometimes because <laughs> it, it cuts down on a lot of question asking or maybe like a Mr. Liverable or something, but just a little bit of mind reading, I think would be kind of nice here and there. Only a little bit, because I feel like if there's too much mind reading, we, go, we all go crazy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, we're, we're glad to have you on here. I, you know, I was looking at, I looking at your uh, um, LinkedIn and I have questions. First of all, I don't know what is Diamond C trailer. What is what is that? What is that? Tell us a little bit about what that does. Okay. Well, I'm kind of relatively new there, but we are a trailer manufacturer. So for um, commercial gate trailers, so car haulers, goosenecks, dump trailers, um, our our kind of niche is uh, they're, they're all of them are like custom built. So it's it's not like a, a typical. It's not like your cookie cutter trailer. So any. You, you, um, when you go to your dealer, you're specifying exactly what you want, color, you know, axle size, GDWR, all, paint, all of that. Okay, see, so already you know way more than me about uh, trailers because I could, you know, those were a bunch of acronyms. I have no idea what any of that means. <laughs> I'm assuming they're just customizations on the on the specific trailers. Now, let me... Uh, Let's let's dive a little bit into this because I why why now I'm, I'm like interested here about uh, IT and uh, custom trailers, right? So where where does that fall? So you I understand you're new, but when you jumping in and uh, what were you surprised by when you started? Uh, you know, kind of jumping into the trailer business. Um, well, I was really, I was surprised. Just, the customer service they have there is just phenomenal. The way they talk and interact with customers and the community, but uh, it just the it's just a big family atmosphere, and everyone's just kind of going along trying to achieve the, the same goals. 
but it's just amazing how fast they will just muscle memory and knowledge, how fast they can just build stuff by looking at a sheet of paper. That is remarkable sometimes to do that. Now, when they, when they're building stuff, uh, you know, from a sheet of paper, as you as you say on this, is this coming from like a custom app? Is like people putting this information in or they just like email inspects in and they have to put them, put them down. Like, how does that, how does that work? Like, how does a, uh, the order start and, and how does it flow through the system? I gotcha. So um, we have, we have a, like a trailer configurator on our online website. And so, and then that will get tied into our ERP, which then gets a build of materials that kind of flows out through the shop. Gotcha. So, so the ERP is huge, right? Because now it's already tied in with your order taking. So uh, the, you have an ERP system that goes down, all of a sudden you can't take orders, right? That's yeah. That's right. You don't want that. So, so let's let's talk a little bit about it. How, you know, when you when you start to kind of uh, work your way through these, uh, um, you know, these steps. For instance, you know, uh, uh, you know, some client going to the configurator, um, putting all all in the fancy options for their custom uh, uh, trailer, and uh, and putting that info in, and it ties into that ERP. Um, what are are you integrally involved in the um, in the uh, infrastructure uh, that it takes to get to move that from A to B? Yeah, so I'm kind of I'm a little bit over the the infrastructure support and training uh, over there. So, but um, so uh, we had a huge server overhaul not too long ago, which is awesome. But um, de- de- definitely, uh, it, it's it's a lot of data. I bet. I bet. We, um, I, I used to work for a company that did custom orders, um, something completely different. Um, but same kind of thing. It was just, uh, um, orders came in and they were, there's just so much information, so much options. In fact, there was, there was option sprawl, so to speak. Right. I don't know what other word to use for it, but there was just too many options. Uh, and, uh, you know, somehow, sometimes that would, you'd end up conflicting, right? Because someone would order one option, but it wouldn't be, you know, if they ordered one option, but it wasn't available, uh, you know, um, for the other option. And if there was no like way to, um, you know, have a, a, you know, a select one option, and then these options are no longer available based on what you just ordered, um, we would run into the issue where they would, the, it would have to be corrected. And so we had a massive customer service uh, that was set up um, to be able to go back and edit, change those orders, modify them before they got out to the build materials to be able to, to get it done. Uh, you guys got something similar? Um, well, being so customizable, we have an engineering team too. So if it, if it's not on that list, we, we can, um, the engineers will get involved into seeing how we can, we can make it, you know, they make that work. Wow. Okay. A different design, maybe, maybe adjusting the axles or something. Very, very neat. Very neat. Um, you, uh, I was looking at your, um, your background on here. Um, and you have, uh, as there's some bunch of, it looks like there was a network is where you started off when you, you were a, a network tech, uh, back when you first yeah, started. I, yeah. I wasn't your traditional, um, it guy for first starting. So when I was uh, going, going up, going through school, I was going through construction management and architectural technology. And uh, my internship was at Delphi in their service and aftermarket engineering. 
So I dealt with customers like AM General, NASCAR. It was a whole, it was a whole lot of fun. But when I graduated, the housing market collapsed. Oh, so, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> no crystal ball there. But uh, uh, so um, applied at Michigan Sugar. They uh, with the with the VP of manuf- uh, of the warehousing over there really liked me, and they created a position for me in IT. And I kind of been there ever since. I kind of I like the same concept of a little bit of construction management with IT, just no days ever the same, but there's a lot of different little projects that I, I like seeing it from start to finish. So that, that that's where I kind of, that's, that's my passion. But that's, you know, I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, so much of IT is uh, understanding the, you know, where it starts, where it ends and how to get through there. Cause we're essentially information movers. So so that's actually really kind of cool that, you know, that you mentioned that because that actually shows me that you're uh, um, instantly involved in understanding the business portion of the uh, of the business, which uh, I, in my opinion, and I think others too, it just makes you a, a better overall um, at the IT, overall IT strategy because you're, you're mashing that strategy up with the business strategy and uh, and helping them out and sometimes staying ahead of them. Uh, which is uh, always hard to do in this in this day and age when things move so fast. Um, you want to maybe just give us some examples of some of the uh, projects you you work on at at Diamond C, if you could, because um, uh, you know I'd I'd be interested to kind of hear hear those and and kind of you know what types of challenges you you experience when you walk through some of that stuff. Okay, so um, some of our projects now um, is just we. Um, Kind of curbing the growth. So we have, as you talked about, like leading that curve a little bit. Um, I kind of look at um, IT projects as kind of like skeet shooting. If you're following the target and you fire, you're going to miss it. But if you're leading the target and you shoot, you'll hit it. So that's what we're trying to do right now. Well, I'm going to jump in real quick because I've done skeet shooting. And uh, um, I only ever hit one. (laughs) <laughs> in the entire time I've done it. Um, I was ecstatic when I did it. So uh, now I know what my problem was. I'm not, I'm, I'm shooting for it. I should be shooting a, a ahead of it. Thank you. I think now I'll let you know if my skeet shooting improves now. <laughs> yeah. Let me know. Cause I've only been out a few times, te- you, know, you know, since I've been to Texas a handful of times, but it's a, it's a fun hobby to get into. It really, it really is. Cause they shoot the two, they, the one that goes up. I forget the name of the one, the one on the ground they shoot is the rabbit. Right. Yeah, the rabbit, and then and the, I, I think know, it's a bird or a something. bird or something that goes up top. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll correct us. Whoever's listening to this, wait a second. Um, but yeah, uh, it's not that. No, it, but so no, it's a great idea. Great point. Stay ahead of the. Uh, stay ahead of them. Right, and that way you're. Uh, you know, you you'll either meet them there, or you know, at least the infrastructure will be there uh, beforehand. Um, are you um are you only it's easy you said infrastructure support and what was the third thing um training and but training. as we're talking about like yes yep so um, but as we're talking about leading that curve sorry uh as as we're talking about leading that curve we had year over year growth so like 30 to 40 percent year after year so it, it we really have to lead that target so a lot of our projects when we went back to it is trying to figure out like SaaS applications, desktop as a service, a lot of those things that are easy to scale and grow. Yeah, no, that's a that's a smart move to to move over to some of the um, uh, uh, some of the solutions that don't take too long to pop up, and uh, you know are easier to kind of uh, like you mentioned scale it uh, the way you need to. Um, especially if you're um, if you're doing that kind of a growth, I'm sure you're man. 
not only that, I'm sure that there's a, a huge kind of development and uh, um, uh, um, for your engineers and stuff that uh, um, playing around with a bunch of different uh, options and, and and tools and stuff. Are you guys just constantly customizing that ERP? Uh, um, is that a, a big piece of what what goes on, or or the the parts static? So um, we just got we launched not too long ago with it, so about a year in, but still kind of going through making sure all the departments got everything that they need. But uh, it's it's a it's a lot of bombs of con- constantly, you know, updating parts or revisions. Yep. Yeah, I can imagine that be. I can imagine that being the case. Um, it, it, you know, for anybody that you know, it's, it's interesting because you know, IT runs the gamut. There's so much. I mean, I've talked to people on here uh, did dairy. I've talked to people on here that have done all sorts of things. And uh, and you know, when it comes to manufacturing uh, of anything, right? It is su- it, it, it becomes such a um, all about all the different pieces and parts that you have to put together, building that bill of materials, you know, getting all that put together. That is such a, um, uh, such a strain on the ERP system, especially too, if you've got hooks in to be able to pull those parts from a website, right. Or vice versa, having the website pull the parts from the ERP list and, and getting that customized and then, and getting that information uh, shot through. Um, and I'm sure that's not the only hook in you have to the um, ERP, right? Because on the back end, I'm sure there's a um, some type of a ticketing system, uh, help, uh, you know, that's yeah. kind of the um, support and customization, right? Yeah, we have our own ticketing system um, that we, you know, obviously cloud application, but yeah, Zendesk, our own ticketing system, but also um trying to be just best of breed so it's not like it's not one thing that's going to run everything so trying to tie in all these other pieces of software and just make everything work that's 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 really really neat so so you've been um you've been with uh, diamond c for um a little over a year right Yes, sir. Yeah, it'll be two years in December. Ooh, check it out. You're, you're getting getting right. close. To, wait, I haven't been there for that long. It, it, two, two years in IT time is like, you know, uh, uh, it's, like, it's like dog years, right? <laughs> I mean, it, the amount of things you can get done in, in just months is, uh, is, is impressive sometimes. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about uh, when you got there, I think you were um, uh, an information manager and then, and then it looks like you were promoted, uh, you know, uh, fairly quickly in. Um, let's talk about that. What uh, um, when you came in and did the information manager? What was that? A, what, what was that entailing? So that one was first kind of just being ready for the launch of the ERP training, training staff, learning how to use the modules, um, and, and then from there, uh, that that was pretty much the whole piece of it. It was really just making sure everyone knew what the tools were and how to use them, um, and then from there, um, it was kind of IT was a little carved out. And then you had the information, you had this, 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 the infrastructure side. Um, but it just kind of made sense as we're growing to just to, to kind of merge them. I mean, we still have a, a business system laying off to the side that reports to the VP of IT. But it just made sense to bring in, um, to move me over to that area to focus on the infrastructure um, training and, and then the support of it. Yeah. You, you know what I love about that? Um, very similar had a, a piece where I was able to jump and do the um, do all of those the infrastructure support and and uh, um, and especially the training. Uh, 
um, they're so interconnected, uh, right? I mean, that one leads to another. You can find patterns and support, move them, you know, uh, fix the infrastructure in that case, fix the infrastructure to uh, uh, to help reduce support um, things. And then training is such a big piece of it that um, a lot of people sometimes, I think, overlook. Um, but it's such a huge piece to um, adoption and getting uh, folks uh, um, trained the right way. Um, what's your thought process on this when uh, when you look at that? Are, are you uh, relieved and happy to have all of those under your wheelhouse? Oh yeah, I'm I'm, ec- I'm ecstatic. I mean, re- I mean, really, when you think of like ticketing that comes in, it's usually break fix or I don't know how to do X. I mean, you know that message that pops up, but. I mean, having it all there, it's a great way to uh, grow the team and just just full just full circle. So, um, our training and support techs are now they just kind of are fluid, move back and forth between training or support. So, they they know how to teach it and they know how to support it. Uh, that so I you know that's that's the best way to support any in, anything really is you've got to know it fluidly enough to to train or support it. Very nice. Um, let's, uh, you know, what's on my, what's on my mind, uh, recently is I, um, <laughs> just came out of a, out of a, a hurricane Ian, <laughs> um, over the past few days. And I appreciate you, by the way, uh, um, being patient while, uh, while I figured out whether or not I'd have power or not to be able to, to do this <laughs> podcast. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, disaster recovery, business continuity, these, these things now pop into the, um, uh, you know, the top of my mind. Uh, more than usual. And I wanted to take this uh, uh, chance to kind of talk to you about it, right, as well, because um, unfamiliar, I know you said you got some infrastructure uh, that seems like it, it it's up in the cloud. Um, uh, maybe there's some on print, I don't know. Uh, how do you manage that and come up with the best case of, um, you know, first being able to uh, keep going during a, an event, right? The business continuity piece. And then if, uh, uh, you know, you have a disaster, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, like the folks uh, down south of me, um, you know, what's the long-term resiliency plan? It, um, how do you begin to put that together? And this is going to be a two-parter question, right? First is, how do you begin to put that together for what you got? And then how do you get the um, executive team uh, on board and, uh, uh, and getting their, uh, you know, their, um, support on this. There's a loaded There's question on that, in that question. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, I, I kind of look at, uh, I'll take it a, a few steps at a time, but the, the way I, I look at it at first is just uh, like the business threat or business impact. So which key departments do we got to make sure that are up and how fast do we need to make them up? And then from there, that usually drives with executive leadership in there too. Once they know, once everyone knows, you know, what sites are key, what, what departments are key. And then after it just drives technology backups, however you want to do it. But I mean, I'm a belt, belt and suspenders kind of guy. We, we get, you got stuff going in the cloud, offsite replications, you know, you got your, your, um, uh, rest on transit backups. I mean, you name it. There, as long as you, as long as you're covering all your options, right? Because you never yeah. know what's going to hit or how it's going to hit. Yeah, you want redundant, 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 and some <laughs> redundancy on top of that. <laughs> I like the uh, belt and suspenders uh, analogy. It's actually a good, uh, uh, it's a good point. And and I, I'm a big fan of diversification and 
and uh, um, not having all your eggs in one basket and, and, and being able to, um, you know, fail over and move to something else. Um, that's a, it's a, it's a good strategy to be as redundant as possible on that. Um, when, uh, when you're putting together and I, and I love how you, what you, when you were talking about it, you said, listen, let's identify, let's identify our assets, uh, that we have and then, you know, and then categorize them by business risk. Right. Um, so then let's, uh, let's talk about that because this is a, um, a piece that I noticed that, um, sometimes, IT folks will get stuck at um, because in IT, we may think that um, a system is extremely, uh, you know, uh, important, uh, completely needed by the business and then turn around and realize that that is not. And there might be another uh, one that's even even more, uh, um, you know, uh, it's bringing in more revenue. It's uh, it, it's got an impact on the clients that's really huge. You know, there's so many different ways to determine whether or not something is important uh, uh, and has a, a you know critical uh, uh, business application to it. Um, do you work with the business teams, uh, you know, to identify that? And how do you do that? I think a lot of it's just kind of knowing the team, knowing the business, knowing the business, but. Um, I like, I, I kind of like to, I, I don't, I don't book a lot of meetings. I do a lot of walk-ups. It's just the easiest way. Cause if you start booking a lot of meetings that they're, you know, they might get like, Oh, I got to get prepared for it. But if you just kind of walk up, be really nice, be friendly and just get to know people. It kind of helps you. They might start talking about different things a different way. And you might see like, Oh, this piece wasn't, it isn't as important as I thought, but this other one that I had no idea really is. But it's just kind of just getting to know people a little bit, just to kind of that's how, that's how I kind of tend to figure out where the where most needs are at and what and level of importance. Because I mean, some in IT you usually don't hear about stuff when when it's working fine. You hear about it when it's broken. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean that's true. You, I mean, speaking to um, speaking to the individuals and uh, learning what they do, um, uh, becoming you know familiar with what with them. This, these are these are all fantastic ideas. And I love the walk-ups. So, you know, uh, I've I've done the old-fashioned walk-ups too. Hey, how's it going? How can I help you? What, what's going yeah. on? What's your, you know, uh, tell me a little bit about what you do. And you get so much information uh, from that to be able to come back. And I know what I would do is I would go out and I would I would talk with folks and I'd come back and I would just have like a paper of just extra things now I needed to look at. I'm just like, Oh, it just, it never ends. It's just more problems, you know? Um, but that's what you end up yeah, doing. You the honey-do list just grew. Yeah. Yeah. And, but you realize that a lot of people just sit there and they just deal with these issues and problems and, and they won't come to you. Right. They'll just, they'll just, well, I've been dealing with this. I mean, I'm sure you've gotten the, Oh, I've just been dealing with this, the same issue over and over again when it can easily be fixed if they, if they bring it to you, but they feel like they don't need to. It's like, this is our job. This is what we're here for. Let's let's you know. Let's make sure we can uh, uh, um, solve your issues. Uh, do you get a lot of that? Do, do um, people kind of holding oh, back? Oh yeah, I, yeah. We, I mean, I see it just everywhere. It doesn't matter you know where I'm at now to where I've been. It's like hey, this has been down for like three days. I'm like, call <laughs> me, call me when the house is on fire, not after it burns down, please. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Um, uh, you know. I think they're trying to be nice and, and stuff, but, uh, um, but yeah, I think it's, 
you know, and this is a message for the, you know, the uh, non-IT uh, business individuals that are actually listening to this podcast, and we and we do have some that are, um, you know, take advantage of your IT team. They're there to solve problems. You know, uh, um, if you've got an issue, uh, you know, call call your IT, go to the portal, create a ticket, do uh, do whatever your IT team uh, uh, has to be able to contact them, and and make sure you get that submitted so that we can get that. Uh, going and why I guess why that's also important too is that's where you get patterns right uh, maybe other people are having exactly yeah you can start seeing if it's a if it's a problem or it's a recurring instance and then we can kind of you know t- take care of it and nip it but um, yeah that's where that everyone in IT it just has that mentality to help everybody so we're just here to help so you just got to let us know when we can help yeah that is a great uh, attitude to have from a support standpoint um, what your uh, um, Speaking of support, uh, what do you do uh, to make sure that um, you make sure that your uh, you know internal clients um, you do an internal support right, or do you also do external support? Yes, sir. Okay, so no, just internal support. Just internal. So internal support. What do you do for your internal clients to you know keep them happy, keep them supported? Um, what are your kind of your uh, support? Um, wizardry that you do that uh, that that you know keeps the, everything running well. Or well, we have that magic wand that sits in the back corner. But um, <laughs> don't tell anyone about we, the magic we, wand. We, what are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> They're going to give out all of our secrets now. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so what, what, some things that we do to help out is we implemented. SLAs, uh, just just to, I mean, even though we're our customers are the business, um, just SLAs to make sure that we're resolving tickets, responding to them timely. Um, if there, we have we did automatic bumps, so if one's sitting in hold or pending for too long, it'll alert the the agent or even the requester, like, hey, we haven't heard back from you in a little bit, just checking in again. Um, and then and then we take it a little step further after that, just to make sure that that's going good. We'll do. We call them RTAs. We'll just do uh, me and the managers will do random ticket audits, just making sure that it's they're being documented correctly. You know, um, if it's the right time that's going to them, not like we're, we're not micromanaging, but what we're trying to get to is if the tickets are well documented, it's something else. Another agent that may not have known that issue knows how to. They could you know go back through, know how to fix it. Yeah, you know, it's it's so and many then, good things you then, mentioned that. I think the first one was SLAs. Um, I'm going to ask you a question about SLAs in a minute uh, because um, I've asked a few people on here and I really, I just like to get that, um, you know, get those questions about SLAs and figure out, uh, you know, what different people do to create SLAs. It's always a big topic because I've had a lot of questions on it, even from other individuals um, that are not in IT that need to do SLAs as well. Um, But prior to that, uh, you also... um, uh, you also mentioned these uh, RTAs, or the random ticket audits. Um, these, uh, uh, you know, when we look about random ticket audits, and you know, sometimes people go, uh, "Yeah, are you here to critique me and stuff like that?" But I found too that I've done random ticket audits, and I've come up with some amazing tickets that have shown great support, and I've turned around and uh, given people, you know, praise on that kind of stuff. So it, it really, if, if people are doing their job right and, uh, and following the rules, uh, you know, of creating tickets and documentation and stuff, 
it's fair to say that they can also uh, turn out to get praised for some of these audits. Exactly. So, I mean, I mean, with the RTAs, I, like we're growing really fast. So we have a lot of new team members. A lot of our team uh, team members have like less than three years of experience. So we're trying to do uh, have this in place to, to develop KBEs, external and internal, just to help grow everyone as a whole. Because, um, like I said, fast and rapid growth. But um, we also do uh, CSATs. And then I'm sure if you look through my thing, we have a, an award called the Debom Agent of the Week. So we'll do like KPIs <laughs> around uh, uh, ticket resolutions, uh, logging time correctly, uh, you know, everything that we kind of you want to see in the tickets. We set, we'll do KPIs and then we'll have, you know, fun bragging rights. So you take your picture in front of our scrum board and that's the new, that's the new uh, wallpaper for the week. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the agent of the month will get a gift card. So we make it fun. fun that's great. No, that's great. And that's, and that's also, it's promoting uh, the processes and getting that stuff done. Right. Um, uh, let's, let's go back to my SLA question. Um, I, I have, uh, I, I field so many questions, even internally from non it uh, departments about SLAs. So I, you know, I create SL just like you, I created SLAs. Uh, because it's like the first step in being able to, um, you know, uh, basically make a handshake with the business and say, yes, this is what we're going to do. You don't create SLAs, you have no basis to track your tickets on and 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 and, and know where to go. Um, so in creating your SLAs, though, uh, this is where people kind of get, uh, um, you know, stuck in the mud because they sometimes don't don't work with the business to identify realistic goals and uh and slas and um also on that probably we run into issues where different priorities have different slas and uh businesses may think that something are different priorities based on what they are tell me uh and our audience here um how how uh chris does this uh how, how does chris create slas that the business likes and uh and stick to them well i mean we learn, we you know, we kind of learn from our mistakes a little bit. But I mean, at first, we we kind of set SLAs off of standards, and then as we're as the tickets are coming in, we're hitting our CSATs, we're seeing what's done correctly, what's what we can improve upon. Um, we then start tweaking them. So you know, at first, we had like a fifteen minute first reply time. It it was good Monday through Tuesday, but Wednesdays and Thursdays were a little bit rough because it was a heavier ticket flow. So we're like, oh, you got to take a step back, readjust. And just just make it all. It's it's got to be good for the team, uh, the team and IT or the, the business. So you don't want to have the you know IT stressing that they're not hitting SLAs if they're and they're not achievable. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we did it. We first you know we first started with like just industry standards, and then we kind of tweaked them to what the business needs around it. And and does the business. Um... Is the business satisfied with the SLAs that you've created? Yeah, I mean, I know you throw that. Yep, yeah, CSATs have been really good. So, like, knocking on some wood. No, um, we got almost one hundred percent CSAT, and and we launched earlier, the beginning of this year, with the new enterprise solution of uh, the ticketing system we have. So that that's awesome. Our ticket intake is huge. We're probably hitting like eleven hundred tickets a, week, a month. So it's good for us. That's so that is we're, huge. we're fielding a lot. We're fielding a lot of tickets, um, but I, I on the backside, I, um, we're 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 talking and touching everybody. So 
uh, I, I, we don't hear back saying like, oh, they're not getting to us or anything like that. Every, everyone's getting a resolution and really fast. Good. Good. Well, that that's fantastic. I mean, that's how you know you said it right. And, and uh, I, you know, harping back on those, um, those customer surveys, that, that's such a huge um, way to track your success, right? I mean, you know, you throw those customer surveys out and, you know, if you're getting five out of five, five out of five, five out of five stars, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're down, you see somebody throw a one out of five star, you're going to like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> you know, have you gotten some of those? Have you gotten some of those uh, lower uh, um, ratings and been able to learn from them? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, I mean, I, I don't even like, I don't like the feel good ones. If you want to give us a bad review, give us a bad review just so we can learn from it. Um, but yeah, it, it could have just been, I, I can't trying to think right now, but it could have just been like, they didn't talk to me fast enough or they said they resolved it, but the issue came back up. So, um, it's just kind of, you learn from it and then you, you adjust just how you're resolving or how you approach a, a ticket every time from it. it. It's always a constant, you know, constant evolution of tickets. So, uh, in speaking of support, how do you use support to, um, improve your infrastructure? That's a good one. So right now, kind of how we have it structured, um, our, our infrastructure team is kind of like our, um, our IT engineers in a sense. So you got your sysadmin, our network and security, and then our, the infrastructure manager on that side. Um, but we're doing tiered levels on, on under that for support. So ba- so how we're trying to leverage that for the for the infrastructure side is making sure like say like 80 85% of the tickets are getting resolved before it hits those guys so they can focus on on the on the projects more more of the day to day like the up, updates upgrades or rapid growth as we're trying to as we have new sites going up they're able to focus more on that stuff and the other teams can keep the business running so um uh, you'd mentioned that you try to keep about 80 something percent of the um, of the tickets, uh, um, you know, controlled before they hit, uh, you know, the sysadmins and the system engineers. Uh, how do you accomplish that? We're st- still learning through it right now, but uh, I, right I now, view, like I said, we- I view everything as a work in progress anyway. So you're always, there's always yeah. a chance to get better and, and, and get through it. But like how, what's your, what's your, when you, are um, looking at this, trying to control this, because I know from doing it that it's not easy, right? How are you uh, trying to make sure that you can keep those tickets resolved at the um, support level and not and not uh, um, interacting and, and taking away from your engineering and, and administration? I got you. So um, we, we focus heavily on like continued education and cross-training. So that, that helps a lot. Um, we were doing like a, a donut channel of pair up. So you just randomly pair up with another IT member and you guys get to job chat to each other for like 30, 30 minutes or so. Right, very cool. Um, but also, as I said, like training and support, we're going to start doing rotations where um, tra- training techs are not only, not only doing training, but they're doing support. Support's now doing trainings. And then obviously the job, the job chatting. So if you're working up, you can job chat, job chat, go hang out with the, the system um, engineer for a little bit or the, the sysadmin and just, just see how they, how, how they work and what they do. 
because as everyone grows, then we can you know add more permissions and everyone grows together. Uh, the other one we do is we we gave everyone in the team a, a Coursera a Udemy account. So and I made sure everyone books an hour of their time a week for continued education. So there's always a lot of education going on. So that's what really helps not all the escalations going up. No, that's, that, that, those are really good, really good pieces to that. Um, uh, I think uh, uh, on top of that too, you had also mentioned that you had knowledge base going. Yes. Yep. We have a uh, internal knowledge base and an external one for our customers. So the internal one obviously is just the IT notes, how to do X. And then the other, and the other one is what our training team uses. They can't, they build SOPs around the certain modules within the ERP and that's how they train upon. But if a ticket comes in like, Hey, message, this message, this ticket says, this message says X, it's the, the answer bot's going to catch that knowledge base and throw it, throw that, throw that article at them. So hopefully that resolves it or um, we'll just go and help out wherever we can. Very neat. Very neat. So um, what I'm, what I'm seeing here is uh, um, a, a big piece of what you do is that support is that support role. That's a, that's a, a big, a, a big piece. And I feel like um, in what you're talking about, I mean, I guess we got the infrastructure and, uh, and, and that piece runs as well, but controlling that support piece uh, because it's internally customer facing and it is, uh, um, and, and it is such a key to maintaining uh, your, allowing your engineers and your administrators to maintain uh, the systems and and uh, create new systems, um, it seems to me that that is a really big and important piece to to keeping going right in, in that environment. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, we're definitely trying to make extraordinary customer service. So support's big. I mean. Um, with an ERP, you know, every all the computers are in the shops and stuff like stuff of that nature. It the data is only as good as getting out is what we put into it. So that's why we have to really rely heavily on support and training just to make sure everyone knows what to do and and how to do it in the system. Um, when you um, you know, in it, and it may not be in your current role. You could say in previous roles. Um, what have been some of the challenges uh, that you've faced um, within IT? I mean, and they can be support, infrastructure, and any type of things you've previously done. I see you've got a, a bunch of different items on here that um, you're endorsed for, and uh, and uh, uh, quite a, a different, uh, quite a wide array of experience. So, um, tell us a little bit about some of the challenges and stuff that you've you've run into in your career, and and some of the, uh, you know, some of the ways that you've kind of overcome that. Okay. Well, um, previously, uh, j- just casting visions a, l- a little bit. Sometimes IT, it doesn't matter what part of IT you are, you might be doing a little piece, but you don't know the whole picture. And it kind of really helps having the whole picture into play. It doesn't matter where you're at in, in you know, in the level of IT. No, knowing the outcome is, is usually pretty good and it gives you a sense of ownership. So th- that was that's one thing, and th- and then in the past, it's some of some of the hard parts were you s- you see common trends, but nothing ever gets done about them. So it's just a reoccurring cycle. Like er- every August, you know, this is gonna happen, but nothing was ever done to to fix why X happens. We're just gonna get ready and fix X again. I you see but, that uh, so I- much. 
I, I, I see that so much in IT and, and for various reasons. One where, you know, like uh, either you don't have the money to fix it and to put at it right now or um, uh, you don't have the time. Right. Um, or uh, um, you're going to you know, you're eventually you're going to replace the whole thing. So it's like just, you know, keep it running until we get to that point. Um any other reasons why that that uh, you think that that occurs? Because I think that happens everywhere. Uh, you know the the bucket think, of projects that just kind of linger. Yeah, I, I think it does. I mean, it could be a mix between either budget or may, maybe if you, once you start accepting it, it becomes the norm and they're okay with it. Um, it it's hard to say, but I mean, I think it's a little bit of just acceptance um, budget. Or maybe they just are afraid to take, you know, take action and go after it. How do you, uh, you personally, how do you, um, you know, kind of uh, when you identify some of these things, how do you try to knock them out um, and, and and reduce that that bucket of unfinished projects? So I, I talked about um, the vision and, and um, just not knowing, you know, where certain projects are going or the direction is we, we heavily involve our team full, fully. So I will call meetings and we'll just sit there and do a brainstorm. It, like, hey, what kind of IT projects would you want to see on the roadmap for next year? Um, if you're in the shop, what kind of grumblings have you heard? Let's let's add those to the board. Let's see what we can try to achieve and help and help out all the team members. Um, from And then uh, when I talked a little bit about ownership is we, we kind of do our own version of, of Scrum a little bit. So you'll have a story on there and someone will be, will own it. And it's kind of up to them to figure out how the outcome is going to be. They, they know the, the, the pick, the picture and where it needs to go, but we're not going to tell you, it's up to them how to figure out how to do acts. And I think having that ownership puts a little, a lot of pride in the, in the work that's done. Very nice. Um, Do you get any assistance and help from the business in trying to, um, you know, organize some of these, uh, these projects and, and, uh, prioritize them? Uh, right now, right. It seems like right now everything kind of just, just happens. And then it just, you know, we, we get a lot of projects at once, but, um, it's something that we're, we're working towards right now. We just, um, brought in a project manager for it. Um, but it's just making, I think with the growth, it just, it, it's acceptable because we, we really need to be agile and fluid because i mean we have so much growth going on right now it's it's hard to stick to a plan mm. yeah no um i've been in i've been in that before where you've got just so much so much going on that it's it's tough to kind of you know figure out where you're going to put your uh um you know your time and your assets um uh, you know you, you have a fine in it you have a finite amount of people you have a finite amount of money you have a finite amount of time um, in, in trying to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, work through a myriad of problems all at once, um, uh, you know, especially on the, uh, you know, on the infrastructure side, right. Cause it's kind of really where it all kind of eventually goes. Um, how do you identify, uh, the biggest priorities, risks, you know, et cetera, and, uh, and, and communicate that out to the executives so that you can, uh, you know, get them result. I guess. So, um, so where I'm at right now, it's, it's, it's really easy because everything's kind of like an open door policy. I can just kind of walk into anyone's door. We can have a quick conversation around something. If there's an issue, 
So that, that's very helpful um, to kind of go into how, how we're tackling a lot. I mean, we just, we take them into like, we take this big overall team project and just break it down into bite-sized chunks. Um, we, we, when you come, when you come into um, our side of IT, it's kind of like check your title at the door. It doesn't matter if you're the director of IT or an infrastructure manager or support. Man- We're all pulling cables, doing whatever it takes to yeah. to to keep knocking out these projects. Yeah, that's a great um, that's a great mindset to have. I, I um, coming from where you know my first uh, uh, IT gig was a uh, uh, you know a help desk technician. Um, I always kind of had that mentality of, listen, let's just do whatever we can, uh, you know, to help push everything forward. And if that means I have to roll my sleeves up and, uh, you know, re- re- you know, replace a computer, I'm, I'm going to do it. Right. Um, you know, anything. And, um, and I always felt like that was such a, a good, um, you know, a good kind of, uh, uh thing to have in, in you because, what it gives you also is uh, you stay connected, right? You stay connected with, with yeah. people and, and you understand um, that's where you can have some of those conversations while you're fixing something and, and start to understand the, you know, Oh, okay, here's the real issue. Here's some issues that I really need to look at. You, you find you get that a lot too, when you, when you're working on something. Oh, definitely. You, you might get called over to, to fix some, a printer, but as you're just kind of having those friendly conversations, fixing the printer, they're like, by the way, you know, have you heard about this? You know, this has been broken for a little bit. So as you talk about that honeydew list growing, it's like, okay, I'm going to fix these two. But it, it, I mean, you, you feel very, it's definitely invigorating just to kind of know what, what's being achieved because you're really helping a lot of people. Yeah, I, I've, uh, over my career, I've been, uh, I've been banned from fixing printers uh, because uh, I try to fix them and I always end up with like an extra piece left over, you know, and oh. they just said, and, and, and they just they just take it out of my hands and say, "No, Michael, go away. Well, you can do something else. <laughs> go to stick to what you're good wow, at." That, fixing printers. <laughs> there you go. We used to have some of the a long time ago. We had those toner ones where you had to open the toner and then release it into the drum. Yeah, we stopped having those because I, I was I was pink one day or magenta, <laughs> I should say. Magenta. I, um, let's. Uh, I want to talk to you uh, um, a little bit about the uh, um, segment I got. It's called uh, IT Crystal Ball, right? And and kind of the idea here is I just like to hear from people uh, that are in the field doing it and where they think that IT is going. Um, but, you know, in during our conversation, some of the biggest pieces uh, that I saw for you was support. You know, that was huge. Um, and, uh, and, you know, the um, working with the the client working with the internal clients right to ensure uh that they're getting um their problem solved in general i mean this is, seems to be uh, you are a problem solver <laughs> that is true tried and true so what you know what is the future of customer service problem solving you know support w- where are you seeing all that go it's a loaded question. Uh, so it, it all the way that, that's a good loaded. I see a lot of it going more towards automation. And it's just like take, taking some of the mundane tasks and just automating them. So we don't have to worry about those ones, but we can focus on the, on the bigger picture, the, you know, the best bang for our buck. But I think a, a lot of and looking in the crystal ball is just 
getting rid of some of the processes that no one really wants to do, like driving and then, or, you know, onboarding, you know, I don't want to create all these, these little accounts, just automating the little things to kind of make everyone's life a little easier. That's, it's funny. Cause I get that. I get that answer a lot. Automation, automation, automation. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned onboarding, which is a, that's a big one. Uh, uh, onboarding and offboarding are, you know, uh, two of the most biggest time, uh, uh, you know, timely and uh, time consuming, <laughs> you know, uh, pieces. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, yeah, it is. I mean, not, I mean, you have to be, you have to be uh, uh, Johnny on the spot right off the bat to make sure that somebody gets onboarded and or the other way around offboarded on time from a security standpoint. And, and onboarding is such a um, first kind of uh, uh, first impression for the um, person coming on board, right? It's like the first thing that they see. Uh, When I started with the company that I'm at right now, um, I got a, I got an email right off the bat. Um, uh, they told me, hey, here's what's going to go on. It was very detailed. Here's the equipment you're going to get. Here's where we think you're going to get it. Um, got that information. They were super detailed. Already said, hey, listen, here's going to be the the um, meeting that you're going to join on that day. And here's the time you're going to join. Uh, make sure you have this stuff set up and not I can help you. Um, it was it was super detailed, and they're asking me, you know, what kind of a computer do you? Want? It was just, I mean, it was down to that, and I was just like, uh, what kind of a mount? Do you want a wired or a wireless mouse? You know, do you want? I was like, oh, yeah. you're catering to me, right? you know. I felt like, wow, yeah. You know? And so um, we continued that. I, that was something I, I absolutely loved when I jumped on, and and we continued, and we still continue that to this day. Um, offering those, uh, you know, those choices. And sometimes people don't take it on it. Sometimes they're like, whatever, just pick something for me. I'll, you know, I'll use it. Um, but sometimes people are like, oh, thank you. Yes, I'll take a wireless mouse. Thank you very much. I, you know, and and uh, just that little teeny, um, small little uh, uh, piece is what makes everyone kind of smile. But that is a manual uh, um, piece like w- we have, well, yes, we have it copied and pasted and we send it out, but that being able to, you know, customize it and go, well, this person's going to need this piece and this, and then sending them and then moving back and forth. That is not automation. That is all manual. So, so what do we lose? Do we lose anything going from, uh, uh, going from automation? Uh, or do we gain more because we're able to have the time to, to do some of the manual, uh, uh, communication. What's your thought on that? I think it's I think it's a balancing act because if you automate it too much, it's probably going to sound just like a cold shell. But if you can just autom- you can have it just there enough where all your accounts are created, you're in the right email groups, you have all of this, you know, right from the start. Th- you know, that's where it needs to be, and then you can add the personal touches a- after you know on top of it. But just Keeping a nice, a nice standard, consistent um, rollout for everyone—it it sets the tone, and then obviously the personal touch on top of it. I so, you, it. I mean, like that—I I never see that personal touch not going away. You, you got to have that. There you go, automation, but personal touch. That's from uh, Chris Haller, uh, director of IT at Diamond C Trailers. Um, uh, nerds, this has been Michael Moore, your host for this podcast and dissecting popular IT nerds. Chris Haller, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. And uh, it was really good to have you on.